Today is Friday, June 16th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Another street preacher arrested. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us as well. Share your thoughts on the news of the cray that we're going through each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. I'll get you a direct line right to myself and Billy Hallowell and Trey Gons Phillips, who are with me here on this Friday. What's up, fellas? Happy Friday to you. You know, happy Friday to you. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Friday, for the weekend, for everything. The weekend's here. Like, it's it's crazy. The week has flown by. I'm about to be gone for a week, so. Oh. Oh, we get a break. We all get a vacation. Oh my gosh. We all get a break from Trey, which is good. Except for me. I'm stuck with me for the whole week. (laughs) All right. Well, we got a lot to cover coming up on the podcast today. On the focus story, we have a shock persecution in Pakistan. Yeah, it's uh, really a horrifying story about a 22-year-old guy who is essentially been given the death penalty. We're going to be talking about the reaction from David Curry uh, to that story. All right, and on the main thing, an incredible story. CBN's George Thomas has it on how Operation Blessing came to be. The story behind it's pretty remarkable. Uh, So we'll be talking about that on the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. An American street preacher was arrested for the second time in the UK for simply stating biblical views in the public square at a pride rally. Officers can be seen on camera telling him he was speaking hate at a pride event. Last year, the man Ryan Shivo was also arrested in the UK for preaching that homosexuality is a sin at the time. Shivo said it felt like the UK was becoming communist. He's an American, but he does spend considerable time in London and frequently ministers to British youth and others gathered in the public square. An Israeli historian and author named Yuval Harari has warned that AI is now able to compose its own religious texts and that could attract worshippers and cause a lot of problems. He said that uh, AI Frontiers Forum at that event in Switzerland that people who follow this stuff could potentially be instructed to do harm to others. And Candace Cameron Bray thanks fans for the faith-filled TV network or new network's stunning growth. We've got that story and more over at CBNNews.com. Well, a lot going on here, guys. And uh, of course, the recent story we had here from Pennsylvania with a street preacher getting arrested, those charges later dropped. We see this again in the UK, and and that's kind of more where we're used to seeing this from, where maybe the First Amendment protections there aren't as robust as they are here in the United States. But nevertheless, being in the UK, it's still, I guess... It's like a foreshadowing because you see them trying it in places like Reading now in America, but they're already doing it in the UK. And here's another example of it. The video is very chilling uh, that purports to show Shivo again getting arrested. He's just quoting from the Bible, but you can't do that at Pride. That, that was the only explanation the officer gave. It is chilling stuff to see. 
Yeah, that we just have sort of decided free speech doesn't matter, religious liberty doesn't matter in these spaces. It only matters in other spaces, right? And, yeah, we saw this again in the UK with the woman who was arrested twice for praying outside of the abortion clinic, right? That's a different issue, but the same sort of thing. This, This issue is just so important that nobody can have a different opinion. You can't even silently pray there. I mean, this is the slippery slope into really dangerous territory. And I think we're watching a number of Western countries go down this route. We, like you said, the UK is ahead of us on it, unfortunately. And so is Canada, but, but we've had some incidents here that clearly are disturbing. Yeah. Well, I think this is kind of the, the result of something we've talked about a whole lot, which is the normalization of all of this stuff, like the LGBT stuff, uh, the sexuality stuff, particularly when it comes to kids, like that's now become in our secular culture. That's the middle ground. That's the objective. Uh, and then if you're a Christian, that's the fringe, like far right, uh, thing to to believe so uh, whenever you come in with another perspective it's like well you're you're upsetting the apple cart because the morally neutral position is to be pro all of this stuff mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I think this is just what you get when you've normalized that and we when we have a media that is constantly just shoving that down your throat over and over and over and over again uh, it's like the the frog in the boiling water right mm-hmm. I think the, we've turned the water up a little bit yeah. a little bit a little bit and now we're boiling and and we don't know what to do you mentioned the slippery slope Billy and I mean what when was gay marriage legalized I don't know 10 years ago sometime 2015 2015 yeah so less than a decade ago and at the time the argument if you you guys will remember was essentially along the lines of oh come on what harm is this to you and now we've got the White House now flying gay pride flags and essentially endorsing this whole movement. And then you have Christians getting arrested for sharing the Bible. I mean, that's what's happening. It's hard to say that the slippery slope is a logical fallacy when you're seeing in less than a decade how moods can shift. It's it's quite something to watch. And I, I think Christians, as we're seeing in the UK, and then now there's starting to see little incidents of this in the United States of losing the ability to just speak the Bible. Canada's tried this, calling the Bible hate speech, and it's seeping its way into the church. We've talked about this on Faith versus Culture over on CBN News, our show there. And we discussed that a lot, that these ideas are, I mean, even look at the SBC, where you're seeing all these considerations on topics of gender and and all this, and all this stuff. So it, it's pushing, it's pushing, it's knocking at the door, and we're going to have to make a decision at some point. Do we stand on biblical views that have been held since the beginning? or not. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where, you know, it's kind of trial by fire, right? You have to really make that decision, like you said. And in a lot of ways, it's refining for people because when you are pushed up against a wall and you have to make that choice, it's it's really easy when you live in a culture where you could just be a nominal Christian. I think those days are, are behind us now. Yep. And if you're going to be a Christian, you have to do it because it matters and you mean it and you believe it's real. And maybe that's what we need for a spiritual, you know, revolution in this country is that people need to be pressed up against the wall so that we can help reach other people and be equipped to do that, right? Instead of being in that nominal sort of just floating around, I'm a Christian, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think we're seeing that in our culture right now, even with within Christendom, right? We're seeing that in churches, uh, people who are having to actually stand up for their convictions or stand up for what they believe. And it's separating, I think, uh, the people who are nominal believers and just go to church on the major holidays and the people who are actually devoted to what Scripture says. And we're, we're at a, a breaking point where you have to be willing to stand up for what you believe or acknowledge that you don't really believe it. 100%. I mean, it's it's time to, hey, we got to be like the sons of Issachar as mentioned in the Bible, they understood the times. And so we've kind of got to be the same here and and not just go with our blinders on and assume, I think as in our comfort, so many of us have, myself included, you just kind of assume it's going to be that way forever, right? You're going to have these freedoms. You're going to be able to have your religious freedom. You're going to be able to do this and that. Well, maybe not (laughs) because there are a lot of people right now who don't want you to have that ability. They think it's hate speech the things that are in the Bible. So that's playing out now, whether you like it or not. So, all right, we're going to head over to the focus story now. And a persecution watchdog is voicing profound concern about a Pakistan man who was reportedly given the death penalty for blasphemy. So what is going on here? Yeah, the case itself is troubling. We have reported on it, but as a refresher, you know, there's this 22-year-old man, Noman Masi. He was recently handed the death penalty by a court in Pakistan after being found guilty of blasphemy. There are a lot of different elements to the case that are incredibly troubling. It started back in 2019. Um, He was arrested and detained. Um, So was his cousin. And there's a lot of murky details on what he's actually accused of. And that's sort of where we had a chance to sit down with David Curry, and David Curry is the CEO of Global Christian Relief. It's a persecution watchdog. And David explained blasphemy itself, and I think that is the really the starting place here because this is very foreign to us as Americans, uh, but Pakistan has some of the most difficult and stringent blasphemy laws in the world. Um, David was sort of taking us through what that looks like. Under those laws, anybody can basically be accused of violating the Prophet Muhammad or doing something that is offensive to Muslims. And, you know, when you're dealing with a Muslim-majority country, it's Christians and other minority groups who fall victim to that. And so he said to us, quote, it allows anybody to accuse somebody else of blasphemy within the Islamic law. And the reason why it's so problematic is because of the court system and the way these cases are adjudicated. And so basically somebody makes the claim you're in an unfair court system and you can be found guilty of blasphemy, right? We were just talking about free speech in America, in a place like Pakistan, there is no free speech at all, right? If somebody accuses you with no with no evidence, yeah. you can go up into this court system and really be in trouble. And so um, that's what's going on with this latest case. But this happens, Curry said, all the time. Yeah, and why are these, you know, blasphemy charges, these particular ones, so problematic. Yeah, these ones are are problematic for the general reasons we were just talking about. The fact is, in this case, it doesn't seem like there was any real evidence, right? That's the first problem. But the second problem is that blasphemy itself shouldn't be a crime, right? You know, criticizing Mm -hmm. the Prophet Muhammad shouldn't be a crime. So you have two factors here. You have the first, okay, let's say this is on the books, it's a law, and, and he legitimately violated it. Okay, well, you could make that argument, but they don't even have evidence that that happened, right? His attorney, Noman's attorney said when he went to court, they didn't even provide evidence. But then secondarily, the fact that this is actually something that is illegal in the first place is monumentally um, problematic and, and shouldn't exist anywhere in the modern world. Yeah. And so what can we do? I mean, we're here on the other side of the globe <clears throat> seeing Christians 
get persecuted like this in this way, what can we do? How should people respond? And uh, how are people responding if, if there's any sort of public outcry here? Yeah. So, you know, the, the first thing here is that there needs to be international pressure. And Curry talked quite a bit about the fact that, that countries need to apply that pressure to create an equitable legal system, right? The fact is this shouldn't, this doesn't just help Christians to create that system. It helps everybody in Pakistan. And so outside countries need to be pressing in on the government there. And one way you do that is by talking about these cases, shedding light on them when you shed light on the case. It's embarrassing to Pakistan. Keep in mind, the reason these blasphemy charges often unfold is because the local officials are afraid. People are rising up. They're angry. We see this in every country. The citizens are, are rioting because they want the person to be brought up on charges. And so they'll kowtow to the, the mob. Well, the rest of the world needs to put similar pressure right on Pakistan to make them feel the same exact way so that they back away from these sorts of laws. Um, but the other thing, the big thing is prayer. He talked about the fact that a lot of these families are desperately in need of prayer. Um, think about the the drain on resources, the fact that you've been targeted for being a Christian, Noman's entire family, they're impacted by this, um, and they have spoken out about how their faith is remaining strong. So th there's a lot that we can do there in terms of prayer at the very least. It's interesting because you've seen the Biden administration speak out internationally when there is a perceived threat against other communities like the LGBT community or something like that. You rarely, if ever, hear anything. I don't recall anything making big news. It did during the Trump administration, talking about religious freedoms, particularly when it comes to Christianity during the Trump administration. Haven't heard it lately at all, even though a lot of this has been ramping up. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there has been a real dragging of the feet on even arrested pastors over the years, right? This has been an ongoing um, issue where where people are very quick to speak out on some issues and not as quick on others. And maybe there are diplomatic reasons for that. I don't know. But in this case, it doesn't seem complicated for everybody to be hyper vocal about the fact that this 22 year old should not be put to death over goodness knows what he did. We don't even understand what he's being accused of. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I think drives me crazy about these stories is obviously this is not the most important aspect by far of this issue, but uh, the fact like we have The Handmaid's Tale, this super popular show, and then all the pro-abortion people end up dressing up like you know, The Handmaid's Tale. If you've seen the show, you know the outfit that I'm talking about uh, when they're protesting abortion restrictions. Uh, and we talk about how Christians are just restricting and taking away rights of people all over the country, when in reality, it's these radical radical Islamic groups more often than not that are taking away actual rights of human beings that are actually physically harming, if not killing uh, people who identify as LGBT, uh, you know, harming women, all of these things, these principles that the left seems to be claim is very important to them. Uh, they ascribe to Christians when in reality it's, it's other groups, uh, radicalized groups in other parts of the world where this is actually happening. And more often than not, People are silent on it. So I think it's important that we talk about these stories and, and raise awareness about what's actually happening to people of all religious groups uh, here at CBN. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Appreciate you bringing that one, Billy, to our attention so we can be praying for it. And we're going to move over to the main thing now. Pat Robertson surprised everybody when he created Operation Blessing, which if you're not familiar, is the fantastic humanitarian arm of CBN, they help people in on the front lines of disasters and just urgent need, people 
um, that are desperate for just basic supplies, water, shelter, anything, you name it. Operation Blessing is around the globe helping. But the way it started and the whole story surrounding that, when Pat Robertson just came in one day and the whole staff kind of learned about it on air, remarkable story how it went from that to what it is today. And CBN's George Thomas has that for today's main thing. Here's a quote. I've got a surprise. That's the way my father announced live on air the start of what would become one of the greatest humanitarian organizations in the world. Operation Blessing. And no one was more surprised than his co-host, Ben Kinchlow, and the entire CBN staff. Well, over the past 45 years, Operation Blessing has brought food, water, medical care, and other relief to people in need all around the world, as well as right here in the United States. George Thomas has more. Barbara Johnson, Pat's former longtime secretary and close confidant, remembers the moment Operation Blessing came to be. The first any of us knew anything about it was the morning he came in and announced it on the 700 Club. November 14th, 1978, Pat told co-host Ben Kinchlow. I've got a surprise. There are a lot of people in this audience who maybe need food, who need shelter, who need clothing. There are also a lot of people in our audience who have an extra suit, more food than they need, extra shelter, something that they can provide to those people. Okay. So why don't we put them all together? That idea became known as Operation Blessing and soon grew into one of the country's largest humanitarian organizations, even catching the attention of President Ronald Reagan. CBN and the 700 Club's Operation Blessing They've given nearly two and a half million dollars to more than 8,500 churches. And this money is then matched by the local churches. 45 years later, Operation Blessing continues to touch lives around the world, providing hunger relief, clean water, medical care, and disaster relief to countless communities in desperate need. We've been making an impact on the lives of millions of people in more than 90 countries and territories, including the United States. When disasters hit, Operation Blessing is often the first to respond and the last to leave. Our OB teams continue to provide medical assistance and micro-enterprise projects in earthquake-hit Turkey and distribute food supplies to communities in Guam following the devastating Typhoon Mawar. OB work in Ukraine continues more than a year after war started there. We are the hands of mercy of Jesus in this time. Here in the United States, wherever disaster strikes, Operation Blessing jumps into action, bringing with them an army of volunteers and supplies to meet needs. Last year alone, Operation Blessing helped over 300 families living in the United States recover from natural disaster. Operation Blessing also delivered over a million pounds of urgent disaster relief supplies to those families who were in desperate need right here at home. Pat says inspiration for starting Operation Blessing came from the words of Isaiah 58. He said, if you will draw out your bread to the poor, if you look after the hungry, if you'll clothe the naked, if you'll take the homeless into your house, he says, then, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to answer your prayer. You're going to call and I'll answer you. Uh, your righteousness will uh, go before you and, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. I'm going to look after you. And for Operation Blessing, it's more than just meeting physical needs. Obi delivers something even more profound, the good news of God's boundless love and 
It is in this message of love that ignites a spark of hope within the hearts of those in desperate situations, reminding them that they are not alone in their struggles. More than four decades and counting, Obi continues to be a strategic force in compassionate relief. What an incredible legacy that is. It's all traced back to the passion and the vision of our founder, Pat Robertson, um, and his dream of having a world-class humanitarian ministry that was, would be used by God to bring the kingdom of God and the love of God to, to millions of people around the world. George Thomas, CBN News. Wow, that is an incredible story. I remember when it first started, uh, the staff complaining and saying, well, how in the world are we going to do this and do a daily television show and launch this network, all these other things that you want to do? And, and he was quite direct and saying, well, just put it on a Rolodex. That's all you have to do is just, you know, have, have somebody with a need and somebody with a supply and match them up. It, it's, it's, it's really simple. Uh, he, he liked to simplify things uh, in walking out the details sometimes on the vision. Uh, he, left it, he left those that work to others like Terry Musson. <laughs> you know, really, you, ha you just love that about him. There are people who don't know him well who would say, what an audacious suggestion. You know, you can say that about a university. You can say that about OB. You can say that about what we do here. But with the Lord, it becomes obedience. It's not audacious. It's obedience. Mm -hmm. And he was willing to take that and run with it. He was just reading Isaiah, his normal habit yeah. of reading the Bible in the morning, praying. And that verse just leapt off the stage. This is the fast. This is what I want you to do. I want you to share your food with the hungry. I want you to clothe the naked. I want you to provide housing for people. And if you do these things, when you call, I will answer. And dad said, okay, uh, let's do that. All right, great to hear that story there. Appreciate it. That's going to leave us time here for one last thing. So we're going to look at Proverbs 12, 22. It says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Our commitment as Christians ought to be to the truth, especially in a world full of, of noise, lies yeah. that are being spread everywhere, you know? Yeah, basic truths being challenged and people say, oh, why do you care so much? Well, that's exactly why we care right there. Uh, scripture like that telling us God cares about the truth. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this week. And um, as always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall be back here Monday with more. God bless. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend.